Hello and welcome to Top Deck Heroes. I'm your host as always, Zachary Mellon, joined today with my co-host, Christopher Casenza. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Alright, we are uh, keeping the ball rolling from last week, uh, continuing the ongoing effort to rank every commander in every color. Oh god, this is this is a fucking process, dude. <laughs> well, I go in on things minorly. Man, you have no idea. Each of these lists takes me like two or three days to make. I believe you. <laughs> I can't wait to finish monocolor. Uh, uh, I think multicolor is going to be way more fun to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it, there's also only like 10 or 15 to rank instead of 80. Well, I mean, to be fair... Kamigawa and Portal Three Kingdoms did not have multicolored cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now imagine if they did. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, that, that that might be my favorite game to play with these lists. Uh, in terms of the bottom, is Portal Three Kingdoms or Kamigawa? <laughs> so many of them, and then there are ones that are just completely random, like Lanessa Zephyr Mage. Uh, I brought it up before we recorded, but Taniwa. Taniwa sounds like it's from Kamigawa or Portal Three Kingdoms. Mirage. Alright. <laughs> Let's get going, and they'll see all the uh, commanders we're talking about. Yeah. All right. I went over, in general, my ranking system last week with the white commanders, uh, so if you want details, go back and watch that episode. In short, the commanders are, are graded on power, flexibility, and design. All of those are totaled up, and then they are ranked by point order, with me assigning ranks within each point category. So we're going to start off at the bottom of the list and work our way up. And the bottom, we're going we're gonna to move along quickly. There is not much to say about these cards. Uh. No, I 100% I, I right. agree. These are very forgettable cards. All right, so the worst of the worst, we have our Portals Three Kingdoms, Sun Che, Young Conqueror, and Lu Meng Wu General. It is Ooh. worth noting... These did score higher than the two Portals Three Kingdoms at the bottom of the list in white. An ongoing trend. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that does not seem like an accomplishment that you should be proud of. Alright, so that was 66th and 65th place. Next up in 64th, we have Taniwa. Yeah, um, didn't even know this card existed. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of those down here. <laughs> oh my god. Just down here in the dregs of society. So <laughs> Alright, with five total points, we have Lu Su Wu Advisor, Zhuge Jin Wu Strategist, Lanessa Zephyr Mage, and Rebecca Wizard Savant. I got nothing on any of these. Like, I don't even know what most of these cards do. No one has nothing on any of these. Um... Let's oh see, to give God. a general category of what things are like this far low on the list. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Zhuge Jin, Wu Strategist, is one blue-blue for a 1-1, one, one, and on your turn, before you attack, you may tap him to make any one creature unblockable. Oh. Oh, that's so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't even use that as a Voltron commander because you have to tap him. <laughs> Another notable one, Lanessa Zephyr Mage, is, a, uh, is one of the Grand Door legendaries, which is by default bad. Uh, yes. 
I love the design of Grandeur, but... It's a failure for our format. Oh, 100%. Alright, at six points we have Lady Sun. Um, yeah, cards are still suffering at this point off of having really boring, lazy designs. Uh, um, something to really bring up is that creatures really didn't get good until later in Magic. We're in, like, the early years, like, probably the first 10, 15 years of Magic. Alright, I've got, we've got a commander from, I believe, 8th edition in 13th place, so I don't want to hear it. Oh, fair. Alright, so, moving along, uh, and the 7-point category, we have Zhao Yu, Chief Commander, Luan, Cephalid Empress, Cloudhoof Kirin, and Hakeen Loreweaver. Wait, I actually know Hakeen, I think. <laughs> you know, a common think- thing down at the bottom of these lists, too, is also uh, commanders that promote an arcane or spirit deck type. Um, as much as I love Kamigawa, it is just actually trash. <laughs> There's also, I, I, there's just not enough, even if the mechanic was good, there's not enough to make a commander deck with it, much less four different ones that all have that requirement. Uh, it's, it's so bad. Oh no, so I actually good. think the best commander in this category is from Portal's Three Kingdoms. Oh really? <laughs> Zhao Yu Chief Commander is probably the closest to usable out of these, uh, he's 5 blue blue for an 8-8, eight eight, and he can't attack unless your opponent has an island. Yeah, that's completely simple to do. Yeah, you could totally that's, make your mono blue beat stick deck. <laughs> he's still not great, and he still costs 7 mana, which now gets you a lot more creature. Yeah. Alright. Uh, in the 8 point category, we have Hisoka Minamo Sensei, The Unspeakable, and Lu Jun, Scholar General. I want to know what the hell The Unspeakable does. That name is awesome. Uh, that is... Let's play the game. Is it Portals or Kamigawa? Uh, it is neither. <laughs> it is actually Kamigawa. Is it? It's a 6-blue-blue-blue oh, no. spirit... 6-7 Flying Trample. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you may return target Arcane card from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, so I went on uh, MTG Familiar, and it had a dual deck one ahead of the Champions of Kamigawa one, which is why I was like, it's neither. Uh, <laughs> come on, dual decks don't have unique cards in them. Oh, you I know. Alright, moving along. Nine points! We have Myojin of Seeing Winds. Alhameret, High Arbiter. Look, Chris, new cards. We're getting there. <laughs> Alexi, Zephyr Mage, Meloku, the Clouded Mirror, and Blind Seer. I I like Meloku. I would play a Meloku deck. <laughs> that doesn't make him good. No, it doesn't. It would <laughs> it, it's still bad. And I'm bad for it. <laughs> I like Alhameret for being existing to be an active uh argument against your idea that creatures have gotten better. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> he that's can compete 100%. just as well with Maloku the Clouded Mirror. Yeah, but he, he's much better than Lu Su. <laughs> it's true. You know what Blind, you know what blind Seer does? 
Uh, not off the top of my head, no. All right, first of all, guess the set. Uh, invasion? Portals Three Kingdoms. Come on. Come on. Uh, two blue blue for a 3-3, three, three, and you can pay one in a blue to make target spell or permanent the color of your choice. No, I... Uh... No, I just checked the... I just checked the set. It's from Invasion. I got it, it right. It is from Invasion. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. Holy Price shit. Actually won. This is awkward. <laughs> oh no, I just heard a thousand people hang up the podcast. <laughs> Quick, let's we move along. Some... Yeah, just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next up in the ten point category, we have Higure, the Still Wind, Hydar, Rhyme Wind Master, Aboshan, Cephalid Emperor, Hadin, Consul of Inv... That's not her proper title. Dean, Consul of Invention, and Kami of the Crescent Moon. I forgot Kami of the Crescent Moon was a legendary creature. Right? <laughs> I, I don't think Howling Mind should be a legendary creature ability. Probably not. I think probably the best out of this list is Aboshan. That's pushing um, it, though. I don't know. I I actually like Padim. Padim's pretty sweet. Uh, you could build some stuff around. Oh, uh, I didn't read the lore. Him or her? Her. Her. Okay. Uh, you could build a decent deck around her. Like you could make it so that your like combo artifacts deck. Yeah, can, but like you know, be protected. But that's about it. Yeah, I can never get past the fact that I mean, why would I play her as my commander over Arkham Dags and Arutia? No, I I one hundred percent agree, but. <laughs> She's a cool card, doesn't make her a good commander, and that's why I mean, she gets the slow. I, I, I guess the benefit of playing Padim is that there are more of them in the world. Yeah. I mean, and while we're down here, just to point out quick, Abushan, Haidar, and Higure all have the fun of being commanders catering to a block mechanic. Oh, what does Abushan do? Uh, Abushan is a uh, four blue blue three three. Tap an untap cephalid you control. Tap target permanent. Oh blue, my blue, god. blue. Tap all creatures without flying. Oh my god. <laughs> so cephalid did not remain a very long tribe. So, <laughs> well, if our listeners listen to the lore history, you would know why they did not remain a, a very long-standing tribe. <laughs> it's true. All right. Uh, next up, the very big eleven-point category. Yeah, this category is massive. This is the last category I'm going to breeze through like this, but uh, these are all the commanders that are right on the border. Mm. Kopala, Warden of Waves, Ambassador Laquitus, Uyo, Silent Prophet, Kega, the Tide Star, Baron, Master Wizard, Empress Galena, Tamaro, a zombie's familiar, Kaho, Minamo Historian, Mistform Ultimus, and Tromocratus. So, the one that I want to bring attention to is Empress Galena. Uh, they're is a synergy with her that is really powerful, but you know, it's it's a fragile synergy. It's Leyline of Singularity, which makes all non-land permanents legendary. True. I ranked but, her kind of low. She lost some points in design for the fact that she's just a card that doesn't... That, that's not play nice, Commander. <laughs> No, it's not. You it's know. not even you, good. It's just really annoying. <laughs> it's meh. 
it's, I mean, it's a similar reason to why Iona was ranked as low as she was in white was just that, I mean, one, she, when she came down, like being able to nullify a bunch of cards is less useful on turn eight. Yeah, no, uh, and, I 1000% yeah. agree with that. Anyways, this isn't about white. So yeah, all of these are at least, this is the first category of cards I can really, you know, I could see playing these. Um, so, th this particular category, uh, I would probably say is more, I want these in my 99, but yeah. not as the commander. And I'd even say that's true of our, of our last cards in the, uh, the 10 slot. They're cards yeah. in the certain deck you want them, but they're just not commander material. No, I agree. I mean, god. Ugh. Well, except for, except for Trauma Kratos, I don't want that card. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but all right. Now let's move into. Actually, this is another pretty big category, but these are cards that actually they have the power or design to see decks built around them. Mm, I uh, I do agree for the most part. Yeah, very similar to the eleven point category. But uh, all right, so this is Patron of the Moon, Kefnet, the Mindful, Ixidor, Reality Sculptor, Sun Quan, Lord of Wu. Look, a Portals card. I know. Soromaru. First to Dream, Urtai, Wizard Adept, Venzer, Shaper Savant, Rain, Academy Chancellor, Kira, Great Glass Spinner, and Vendillion Click. Um, so I think from this category we could just say far and away the best one's Vendillion Click? Yeah, yeah. Vendillion Click is really as low as she is just because, I mean, again, she's a great card. She's less useful as a commander because everyone can see it coming. Yeah, like, if I see Vendillion Click as your commander, I know your big payoff is Tunnel Vision. Uh, for those who don't know what Tunnel Vision is, you choose a... It's a six-mana sorcery, five colorless, one blue. Uh, target a player or something like that. Uh, name a card. They mill until they hit the revealed card. So what you do is, on their end step, you Vendillion Click... Put a card onto the bottom of their deck. Name the card that you just put on the bottom of their deck. They've milled out. Yes, Vendillion Click, I mean, it's a strong card. It's, it's here for kind of being average across the board. It has a 6 mm. power, 3 flexibility, 3 uh, design. I agree. Um, it's just not an interesting one. <laughs> um, a lot of these... Uh, kind of fall under the uh, 11 pointers for me, where I want these in my deck, but not as commanders, yeah. with some obvious, you know, uh, I will. exceptions. Like I will, I mean, a couple quick notes. Uh, Sun Quan, Lord of Wu, probably the best card from Portal's Three Kingdoms. Uh, I can just, agree with that. It gives everyone unblockable. It's unblockable. <laughs> yeah. Horsemanship was one of those mechanics that really just cost a commander points because it's just, it's sloppy to see. It plays poorly. I'm not a big fan of it. Right. I happen to agree with you. I think, actually, I find Rain Academy Chancellor, who is a pretty old card. She's, uh... Let's see, that's Artifact, I believe. Uh, Brothers War. What's the Brothers War set? Uh, this is uh, Urza's Destiny. So, uh, Raid Academy Chancellor is whenever you are a permanent you control as the target of a spell or ability controlled by one of your opponents, you may draw a card. 
And if Rain Academy Chancellor is enchanted, you may draw another card. So, um, this is very similar to... Yeah. Uh, this is very similar to Leobold. In terms yeah. of, like, what, yeah. what she does. Um, the first part of Leobold. The first, par <laughs> the first part of Leobold. Um, but the problem is, that is all she does. It's true. That's why she's this low. I find the design interesting, and having actually read the book this is referencing, I find it a very good representation of her character. So, uh, I... It got some design. For design, I happen to agree with you, but mostly for uh, mechanics design, because as much as people peg Urza's Destiny as an artifact-heavy set, its biggest theme was actually enchantments. Yeah, yeah. Because I believe that is when uh, specifically Aura came into play. Before it was just Enchant Creature, and they turned right, it into right. Enchantment Aura. Although I'm not 100% on that. That is based on memory. But yes, I think she's a cool design, and a lot of these are relatively neat designs. Ixidor is catering to a really unique playstyle. I mean, Patron of the Moon is weird, because again, it's demanding a tribe that isn't really in existence. Yeah, that's 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 true. Moonfolk tribal. I mean, to be fair, a moonfolk is important in the story to an extent, but yes, but that's it. No planeswalkers get creature lines. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, no, we're gonna be waiting another twenty years for that. Hey, we're on our way. We got legendary planeswalkers now. Ooh, I would love legendary to see a flip planeswalker cameo. human Jace. I would I would love to see like a flip cameo. That would be cool. That would be sweet. <laughs> Alright. Alright, the 13-point category. We're now in cards that actually have sorted by rank. So, bottom of the 13-point category. In 21st place, we have Braids, Conjurer Adept. Uh, Braids is actually really sweet. Uh, if memory serves, she is show-and-tell on a creature? Yeah. On your upkeep? More or less. Okay. But uh, for mana, right? every player. Yeah. Uh, show and tell. Yeah, it would show and tell on everyone's upkeep, though. Oh, it's everyone's upkeep? I thought it was your upkeep. So at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts an artifact, creature, or land from his, or from his or her hand into play. Oh, okay. It's effectively show and tell on a creature, because it keeps recurring. Right. But it happens on your upkeep, on each player's upkeep. Okay. Uh, very interesting design and a very sweet way to rework Braids, of uh, being literally the opposite of what the original Braids does. Yeah, this got this got design points for style. I'll admit that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. There are certain cards that got design points off of just being a really unique design. Our next one in 20th place is uh, Chise, Heart of Oceans. Uh, this is another one that got a really cool design, so this is actually a Kamigawa card. Mm -hmm. Two blue-blue for a 4-4 four, four flying, so that's a decent rate. And at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Chise, Heart of Oceans, unless you remove a counter from a permanent you control. This is a very interesting card to build around. Right? Um... There are plenty of things that you can just, you know, put counters on. Um, glacial Chasm. Oh, uh, Glacial Chasm. Oh, Glacial Chasm. Oh, that's Yeah. Crazy. Cumulative upkeep with this guy. Oh, I didn't even think of age counters. I was thinking of uh, more recent things like um, Treasure Map. 
if yeah. you want to keep the scries. Yeah, like I mean, there's board. definitely things. Like Lighthouse Chronologist. Uh, there's, level some, up uh, there's some quests from, uh, from, uh, from Zendikar. Zendikar that were more useful to have around. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's some things know, you can do with her. Like, minus one, minus one cards from, uh, from Amonkhet. I don't think those were in blue. Uh, no, uh, minus one, minus one was mostly green-black. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a, that was a cool one I found doing this list. Yeah, no, like, I would, I would build the deck around Chisei. Alright, next in 19th place we have probably one of my favorite, and the one I'm most likely to build a deck around right now, uh, Unesh Cryosphinx Sovereign from Hour of Devastation. Uh, I'm just uh, looking up for uh, reminder's sake on exact things. This is the one, yeah. This is the one that uh, it's so Sphinx of... Tribal and gives you mini factor fictions every time you play Sphinx. Yeah, yeah. No, this card is this card is a sweet build around. My only uh, big problem with it is just how tunnel visioned you have to be to build a deck around it. Like you have to dedicate yourself to the Sphinx Tribal for the most part. It's true, but I mean, Sphinx Tribal, especially when they're that much cheaper, it can be beneficial, and I mean, it's just, I mean, this definitely is low on the flexibility, it only has two flexibility points, but I think the design for actually giving a Sphinx Tribal commander, and the power is definitely there if you go for the theme. Um, so I found it very interesting that they went with the Factor Fiction effect for Sphinxes when they enter. Uh, I feel, it's... It's not an effect that I immediately associate with Sphinxes, but I get it. Yeah, they're giving a riddle every time they enter. Yeah, no, it's very subtle design that a lot of people won't pick up on. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Alright, uh, in 18th we have Thotadel Acquisitor. This is a weird way to spell the title for what she does. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Acquirer. Uh... So this is a 1-blue-blue, 2-2 blue, blue, merfolk rogue with island walk. Whenever she deals combat damage, search that player's library for an artifact card and exile it. Until end of turn, you may play that card. Uh, this, is, this is, like, probably the douchiest that you could play only because you're stealing your opponent's soul rings yeah. and mana yeah. crypts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love, you're, you're using you're using their ramp to ramp you. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're just being like cheeky and you know stealing things like lightning greaves in their Voltron deck, like you can do a lot of damage. Oh, that's a nice sword of fire and ice you have there. Would be a shame if my guy had it. Yeah, if you happen to sit down across from like an equipment deck or, you know, Duretti or Arkham Dagson. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, I'm actually a really big fan of this card. One of my friends had a deck uh, for Thada Adele, and it was annoying to play against. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, so finally, in the top of the 13-point category, we have another newer one, Baral, Chief of Compliance. So, this might be my bias towards how powerful I think this card is. I feel like it should have been higher. The card's power is there. I mean... Its power is definitely there. Where it lost points is, uh, I mean, its design is unique for the way it encourages things. Like, there's no other commander with that kind of effect, especially in blue. But mm. it's not super flexible, and I feel like for Spell Slinger decks, there are better options. 
Yeah, unfortunately, like, this is literally your, I'm going to counter your stuff until I can get my win condition online the deck. Exactly, and, like, it's not a bad strategy, it's not a bad card. It's just kind of, it's boring, and I feel like there's better options. Uh, there are better options. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's just, maybe it's because I play modern, I feel like the card should be higher. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a strong card. It's the same thing with Vendillion Click being only at 12 points. True, but with uh, Click, uh, there is a difference there. Um, I feel like with Click, you know, sure, it's a singular strategy, but with Brawl, I don't know what your payoff card is. It could be literally anything. Like, it could be Emrakul the Promised End. It could be, like, just an Ulamog. I don't know. Whereas Vendillion Click, I know it's Tunnel Vision 100% of the time. True. I don't know. I mean, he's above Vendillion Click for a reason. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Alright, so moving into the 14-point category, Sakashima the Imposter. The Clone Commander. I love this card. It is so sweet in terms of design. Yeah, it's powerful. It has a really cool design. That's a really clever way to get around things. And it can do some stupid, strong things by copying other legendary permanents. Oh, yeah. Like, just copying... Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out a good one for this uh, that you would want for this particular commander. Uh, the, the interesting question becomes, like, what play style do, would you uh, put with... Sakashima, do you go, like, all-out clones, your creatures are my creatures? I think I'd definitely run a bunch of clones. I think that would be uh, interesting. I think it's also a lot of value creatures for her to transform into temporarily. I mean, mm. I'm sure there's some combos you can get off with being able to transform and play her multiple times, if you have enough mana. Yeah, like, there, there's a huge design space here. And it is just screaming, exploit me. Yeah. The, the question becomes, how? Exactly. Like, she doesn't lend herself to an immediately conceptualized deck. Hmm. Um, but right. she is definitely a card that I will put in a 99. Yes. So, these at this point, these are all pretty solid cards. Which is what makes the ranking a little more fun, and the reason we're not just breezing past all of them. Oh, yeah. No, I'm actually enjoying talking about these cards. <laughs> Alright, next up we have Stitcher Giralf. Uh, so, Stitcher Giralf is interesting for me because I feel like it is... Uh, it's another narrow card, but it isn't. If that makes exactly. any sense. No, I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, I, I, I loved this card as soon as it was uh, spoiled in the commander set that it was in, which was the... Was that the uh, Planeswalker once? Zach? 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 Uh, are, 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 are we back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll edit that out. <laughs> okay, what, what happened there? <laughs> I got a phone call, and it just ended the uh, Discord call. <laughs> oh, okay. 
All right. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave this in. Be a funny little blooper. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, you, if you could just like edit it to the beginning. Future Giraffe. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. So, uh, this was the uh, commander set with the planeswalkers, right? Yeah, this is C fourteen. Um, so in the precon itself. Uh, it's gonna sound crazy. I'd much rather play Stitcher Giralf than Teferi. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> precon not... was a mess. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Uh, I think all of those precons were a mess. Put stasis into a precon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he also he got some bonus here off of strong design because he has such cool flavor to him. Hmm. Like, they made Dr. Dr. Frankenstein a legendary creature. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I, I absolutely love it. Alright. So next we have uh, Jin Gataxius, Core Augur. I love this card. It's <laughs> so good. So, this is another one, in my opinion, where I want this in the 99, but not yeah. as my commander. No, it's a little too much of a called shot, and it is a massive cost. Yeah, it's 10 mana, right? Yeah. And the effect oh. is great, but it doesn't matter if he comes in as immediately killed. <laughs> no, no. He, because everyone not. saw that you're at 9 mana, and you have Jin Gataxius in your command zone. <laughs> Phyrexians may seem to live forever. Th this guy does not make it to your end step. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's an amazing effect if you can stick it, though. <laughs> but, and, like, this is, like, one of the best reanimation targets for Commander, in my opinion. Right. It is so, so damn good. All of them are. All right. Uh, Arcanus the Omnipotent, another uh, really high-powered Commander. Uh, I, I love this card. I have a very soft spot for this card. <laughs> I want it higher, but I realize that is just not a possibility. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, there are a few others. This is one of the older cards on the list, though. That's what I was alluding to way back when we were talking about uh, creatures getting better over time. Uh, yeah, this was originally in Legions, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was Legions one of the gladiators at the, uh, at the Cabal's Arena. Yeah, Legion's, uh, uh, is it Legion's or Legion? Legion. Legion. Uh, Legion gave us some really sweet, uh, monocolored legendary creatures. Uh, yeah, the five gladiators. <laughs> uh, well, you, uh, well, hold up. Not, not too familiar with war. Uh, uh well, just... the, the five just rare cycles are all gladiators from the Cabal Arena, uh, Arcanus and Rorik's Bladewing and uh, uh, Silvos, Jareth, and the Gorgon. I forgot the Gorgon's name. Uh, isn't this also the set that gave us Phage the Untouchable and uh, Akroma? I believe so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, cool. Like, <laughs> give us some really sweet cards. Uh, Alright, so this I, one, I, I, my boy made it up that high, though. <laughs> this one's as low as it is. I mean, it's a strong card. It's, again, falls into really expensive. Great if you can stick it, but no one's going to let you stick it for very long. And four mana is really expensive to protect him. Oh, yeah. Alright. Uh, Julira, Master Polymorphist, is in 12. I, 
I wonder what this card does. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a little random, but you can just trick out some powerful things. Well, the sweet thing is, like, you play cards like, um... Well, you play, like, Jalera, and you're, like, your big finisher. And you play, like, yeah. a bunch of cards that... Uh, oh, no, wait, no. Jalera specifically says non-token, doesn't she? Nope. No, she doesn't? Sacrifice another creature. Sacrifice another creature. Until uh, you reveal a non-legendary creature. Okay. You so... can't play a legend offer. So that takes out, no. like, the Titans. Yeah. Um... But there are plenty of cards that are just artifacts that give you tokens. Yeah. And so I mean, mono blue, you still have, you know, some nice sea monsters you can pull out. Some sea monsters, some really sweet artifact cards, some really sweet colorless cards. Yeah. You know, you could, you could build a sweet deck around her. Yeah. So I like it. I feel like I've said the word sweet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in blue. I mean, is blue not normally a sweet color? Uh, best color, so, yeah. <laughs> Alright, and in 11th, in the top of our 14-point slot, we have Teferi, Mage of Zalfir. This is the creature, Teferi. I'm really tempted not to say the word sweet. <laughs> He's sweet. Like, he is so sweet. <laughs> creatures having flash is an effect that got a card banned, uh, and being able to shut off your opponent's instance is also really strong, so... Well, the other big thing is, like, the incidental splash damage this card does, and it's yeah. great. You know, yeah. if you're playing against, um, Maelstrom Wanderer or Yidris, they yep. can't Cascade. <laughs> you know, th the card's very powerful. I, I always jam a Teferi in any blue deck that I play. Mostly because, uh, he also provides protection. Mm. Yeah, I, I like him. He's this high as being one of the better mono blue, uh, just good stuff commanders. Uh, that is the only problem I have with him, is that he is a very narrow commander in terms of build around. Yeah, there's not much build around to do. He's just uh, he's really you good know, but, in, as a general blue commander. But, you know, for someone who is the... Uh, I believe he is, like, the big blue mage from old Dominarian lore. Basically. So, making sure that, no, no, I'm the one who plays at instant speed, not <laughs> you, is, a, like, a yeah. huge flavor win for me. Well, there's a reason uh, we have another Teferi ranked quite a bit higher, so... Uh, oh, that's broken, okay? <laughs> yeah. Alright, Lorthos the Tidebaker. This is, like, the poster child for my big sea monster deck. <laughs> this is our first 15-point commander in 10th place, so we have started our top 10. Probably should have done more announcing for that, but we're here now. So, Lorthos, yeah. really cool. Yeah, is, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know why the big sea creature also just, like, makes it so your opponent can't play crap. <laughs> because 8. Every like this uh, card got a five in design because of that whole eight thing. Yeah, no, I love the design, but I'm just like, why? It doesn't need this. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, an eight eight that just shuts off most of your opponent's board. That seems okay. Oh my god! And I... eight mana is not as overpriced as uh, as some things. That was actually oh yeah, remember Sunche? Oh yeah. <laughs> Soon Quan, Lord of Wu, the 8-drop the 8-8 eight eight that required an island to attack. 
Yep. <laughs> so here he is. He's now an octopus that taps things down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Thassa, God of the Sea. This is... Uh, other than, like, two other cards, in my opinion, um, that are in the top ten, well, specifically the, the, the top three, uh, this is by far the best draw smoother. Yeah. And uh, I mean... Devotion as a mechanic is awesome. Devotion is cool. The original gods of Theros were all just really cool. And uh, she got a nice design for that. She also got nice flexibility because she's a good draw filterer, just good stuff commander. She was also, uh, until Copala, the primary go-to for making merfolk decks in mono blue. Uh, the other big thing is, like, not only is she a draw smoother, uh, a lot of what these uh, blue commanders lack is, well, other than the previous guy we just talked about, Lorthos, is they're not really good attackers. Yeah, not really good at ending the game. <laughs> I don't know. Unblockable five five seem pretty good. <laughs> making uh, making Lorthos unblockable seems pretty good too. <laughs> Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, Lorthos is unblockable, anyways. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, uh, eighth place, we have Memnarch. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> after, after after we're done recording, I have a story for you. But <laughs> um, Memnarch is easily one of the most unfair commanders possible. Yeah, you put a yeah. you put a Mycosynth lattice in play. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> start taking their crap. Trust me, I'm familiar with Mycosynth lattice fun time. Uh, I, I honestly think that, like this is the height of Mycosynthlas' shenanigans if you're not using it as like a combo enabler. I use it like, as a combo enabler. <laughs> I know you do, but not right. everyone does. Hey, to be fair, I use it to enable like 18 different combos, so it really is just an abuser. <laughs> True. All right. Speaking of um, Mycosynthlas enablers... <laughs> yeah, number seven, uh... Probably the best commander deck I've played against in real life, Arkham Dagson. Uh oh my god, this this deck is so oppressively good. It's yeah. so oppressively good. We have uh, actually our co-host next week is a pilot of an Arkham Dagson deck that is just so. The idea here to summarize quickly is to easily fetch out any number of artifact combos. Probably the most oppressive one being uh. Neveniral's Disc, Mycosynth Lattice, and Darksteel Forge. Which uh, actually, you... actually the, deck, uh, the deck has actually evolved, which is scary. That is scary. Alright. Arkham Deck is now really a, bad. It, it is now a Paradox Engine combo deck. Right, Paradox Engine happened. Yeah, moving along. <laughs> yeah. Arkham Dexon is this slow uh, because his design is... I mean, it's flavorful, but it's kind of boring because uh, repeatable tutors are not much fun to play against. And uh, flexibility is not great. He's the probably... Probably the best... God. Probably the best artifact commander in Mono Blue, even though one ranked above him. But uh, uh, that's, that's probably due to flexibility, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, hold up, just to just to clarify, um, we are currently looking at a uh, 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 a Google spreadsheet. Uh, 
we are actually in our top five. Teferi was number 10. Oh, yep. I've been reading the wrong numbers. All right. Subtract <laughs> one from everything I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Arkham Dagson was number six. We are now entering the top five. Yes. Uh, and uh, this uh, number five is actually a card that uh, I have uh, attempted to build for one of my friends, uh, Muzio, Visionary Architect. I like him a lot more than Arkham. <laughs> so I like him because not only can he be like a combo deck, he can be a stacks deck, he could be a pure value artifact deck. Exactly. You know. And he uh, lends I, himself to a more fun play style than, again, repeatable tutors. Uh, I don't know, man. The, the style that I was running him in was a lock deck. So fun is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But <laughs> flexibility. Mm. All right. Uh, but, uh, uh, quick question for you. Um, is So far, is this the highest ranking for a, uh, for a conspiracy legend? I do were there believe any, so. Were I there mean, any white, good white conspiracy legends? I don't think there were white conspiracy legends. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong on that, but conspiracy did not have a great color spread legend-wise. Pretty sure there was white. Uh no, I I believe you're you're right. I believe Muzio I believe he was the only monocolored legendary creature. No, Grenzo. Gren no. uh that was no, until not. Take the Crown though. No oh yeah, you're right. I feel like there was another one. Grenzo I can't remember. Black. Yeah, and I can't remember. Apollo was was green, white, green, white. And, uh yeah, so no, and Braga was, you know. White blue, white, blue. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, um hmm. Lutia. Next up, number four, Talrand Sky Summoner. I love Talrand. This is why Barrel is as low as he is. Uh, I okay. I'm going to contend this. I think Barrel is a more powerful card, but Talrand's ability is sweeter. Talrand's a better commander. Uh, oh, that I could debate uh, for days. I don't know. Talrand is a four-drop that just sits in play and wins you the game. In theory, yes. So the thing that I like about uh, Boral over Talrand is that turn two is not really a pivotal removal spell turn, whereas turns three through six are. It's true. Talrand's high mana kind of kills him. Yeah, that's that's my biggest knock on Talrand, which is why I would rather play like Boral over Talrand as a commander. Well, Talrand did get this high. Um, he's rated only slightly higher than Boral power wise. It's that uh, he's a little more flexible, where Boral kind of locks you into counters. Talrand is more flexible as just a spell slinger, and his yes. design's really sweet. Like Boral is. Dis Baral is mechanically I, strong, but his design isn't super interesting or flavorful. Uh, Talrand... Oh, go ahead. Talrand is just, like, the, the flavor is really there. He got a really cool story published for him that explains exactly what is happening in this card. Uh, everything just kind of fits in a very neat package. I really enjoy it. So I do have a soft spot for Armin Akan, uh commanders, like I said, when we were doing the uh, C-17 review. When yeah. we were talking about Edgar. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that uh, this is an army of a can guy in a can guy that gets counterspell back up. 
yeah. is very good. And I mean, like, there I'm, are a I'm, few cards that do this in existence, but he is the only commander that does it quite as effectively as he does. Mm. I think he like, turns I'm, out I'm, tokens I'm, that are better at a higher rate than even like Darien, King of Keldor. Uh, well, Darien, King of Keldor is six mana. It's true. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> like, I, I would not play Darien, King of Keldor. <laughs> he was on the list. He did not score great. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not arguing, like, how high he is. It's just as a personal preference for, yeah. like, a spell slinger. I'd rather have Brawl. And, I mean, that's, that's important to know. Uh, there is no hard and fast rankings of commanders. This is the best I could get to an objective system, but this isn't any reason to play a commander that's higher up than a commander that's lower. Yeah, I agree. Tell you what, I'd much rather sit down to a deck like, you know, Urtai Wizard Adept than see my 65th Talran deck. <laughs> True. <laughs> Alright, number three, we're in the top three now. It's Jace, Vryn's Prodigy, and Jace, Telepath um, Unbound. Oh, uh, what did you give him for design? You gave him, oh, you gave him a four? Yeah. Oh, I I think he's like a perfect five for design in terms of flavor and all that. Uh, design the flavor is super cool. I think he is like I love the design of the Flipwalkers in general. They were a cool way to give us another uh, more Planeswalker commanders without actually putting commander in the text line. <laughs> right, which I I would like for them to do again. Yeah, Just I'd so love to see some like ally color ones. But the big thing for me is, like, the more I thought about Jace in terms of uh, flavor, the more of a perfect flavor card it is for me. You know, you're having a mental battle, which is, you know, all the drawing, discarding that he does, the looting. He finally sparks. Now, what happens when he, when he sparked? He lost his memory, right? Eh. That's a that's a, that's a fair approximation. That's a fair summary of it. It's a, yes, it's a very it's a fair summary of it. Now, on the flip side, for Jace Telepath Unbound, his minus is him trying to dig back for his memory. Oh, I see it. Like flavor wise, this one and Liliana were the two home runs for the the Flipwalkers. Yeah, I mean, I'd say overall this. Uh... Just the top three in general are all just excellent cards in basically every category, and it's hard to rank any of them as strictly better than the rest. You you really can't. Uh, so with for that flexibility, in... oh. for flexibility, Jace is Jace is very flexible. He doesn't look it, but he is. He can be your mono blue combo deck. He can be your uh, spell slinger. He can be your pure control deck. He has a lot of decks that you can build around him. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, now, I, I, yes, this is going to be an archetype that people are going to try and jam. You can do Jace, Jace, Tribal. Jace Tribal. Yeah. Jace Tribal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it. No. Alright. Let's move it along. Our number two slot, Azami, uh, Lady of Scrolls. Who would have thought that a 5-mana O2 would be so busted? <laughs> so busted. It's yeah. so busted. Like, you read I, the card and you, and you think, it's okay. I remember. Then you play it. One of the first Magic products I ever bought was the, uh, the Derevi uh, 
commander deck and it had a zombie in it and I found it really unimpressive. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> you So but what Here's a question for you. What's more threatening to you? Knowing that a zombie is in the 99 or is the commander? <laughs> like which which one's more threatening to you? <laughs> Oh, I don't like this card. I love Even this card. Even when you see it coming in the command zone, like you, you usually can't do anything about it because they're just going to play it with counter backup. It's, it's a counter combo deck. Uh, it this this and Doomsday might be the two biggest arguments to ban Laboratory Maniac from the from the format. Yeah, because it's such an easy button. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we also live in a format with uh, Sanguine Bond and Exquisite Bloods, so. Yes, and our, uh, enchantment removal is much harder to come by, you know. And creature. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to play enchantment removal. You have to. But yeah. you want to play creature removal because creatures are what end up mattering in games. All right. Uh, and putting creatures end up mattering to, in games to test is our number one card. The best blue commander on this ranking, Teferi Temporal Archmage. So I love the book ending of the top ten, which was completely coincidental. It was. Uh, I didn't even notice it till you pointed it out. <laughs> yeah. Number ten, Teferi. Number one, Teferi. <laughs> yeah, so Teferi is I mean, he strictly speaking, the card is alright. Like, he's not something you don't like having around. He can do some pretty nice things with that untapping lands. And the design's really cool. All the Planeswalker commanders got nice design points for being a cool design idea. Um, his power and flexibility rankings really come from the fact that he is uh, used in a tier 1, incredibly abusive uh, commander deck that just uses an awful loophole. <laughs> um... So, actually, the worst part is, uh, just as a slight correction, you said uh, untapping lands. That uh, No, you don't untap lands with him. You untap, like, your mana rocks. You untap your, your soul rings, your mana yes, balls. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's four-target four target permanence. Exactly. Like, he's good as just, like, a control blue deck. He is ridiculous when used in combination with the chain veil. Uh, and not just that, he is also one of the best, best stacks commanders. Yep. So, it, number one. <laughs> his, uh, his power level is actually insane. This would, is actually the... Yep, counting them on a whitelist. This is our first commander to get ten in power. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't blame you on that. This, this... Uh... Yeah, no four, on, four, four on design makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect, honestly, but Planeswalker Commanders were a really cool concept. Honestly, I feel like the minus one point is comes from the fact that he is not blue-white. <laughs> because he is a blue-white uh, character. I mean, they were trying to stick with their monocolor, and he could just as easily be considered mono-blue, so... I yes. see where they were going, but, yeah, I mean, I'd much rather have seen ally color. I think one made for more interesting design space, but... Oh, no, I 100% I agree, but, you know, all joking aside, this card's broken. 
it is 100% broken. Yeah, I don't think anyone can argue this being in the number one slot. <laughs> uh, if the, they can try. <laughs> I didn't think about it going in. I expected Azami to be number one, but uh, I forgot about Teferi. <laughs> yeah, Teferi is a very, very powerful magic card. All right, so uh, that is going to wrap it for our Every Mono Blue Commander ranked list. Chris, uh, which one's a... your favorite? My favorite mono blue commander. Yep. Oh, why you gotta do this to me on the spot, man? That's the point. Ah. <laughs> uh... I'll, I'll. While you're thinking, I'll throw out mine. Is uh, mine's almost definitely Unesh. I. My heart is telling me Arcanus, and my head is telling me Jace. <laughs> <laughs> Both acceptable answers. Because <laughs> I, I, I love Arcanus so much. I always really liked the name. It's just like that, like, one, it sounds like cool when you just think he's a wizard. When you find out that by profession he was a gladiator, you realize that it's literally a WWE title. Oh, oh yeah. No, this guy's totally a wrestler. <laughs> it's Arcanus, the Omnipotent. Like, he's Bow not down. even a Dark Lord, he's just a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would his finisher be? <laughs> Making your brain explode. <laughs> Mind erosion, got it. That's the name of his finisher. <laughs> I mean, 3-4 is actually an impressive body for a wizard, too. Oh, it is, you know, uh, for especially for back then. 3-4 for a 6-mana dude that drew you 3 cards was insane. Yeah. Alright, so, uh, yeah, that's gonna call it. So, uh, this has been Top Deck Heroes. I am Zachary Mellon. I'm Chris Casenza. And you can, uh, catch us primarily at this point, uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, we are available on Google Play, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Uh, we have an iTunes, you can follow. We have a, uh, a Twitter, you can follow. I am currently not super active on it, trying to get better about that. Uh, that is at topdeck underscore heroes, and we are on tapped out. Uh, we're not talking many deck lists with all these, these rank lists we've been doing, but uh, we will be yeah. posting deck lists over there once we have some new topics. Uh, but we're looking at trying to at least finish the monocolor ranked list. So, uh, uh, so uh, what's the... Uh... I, I, if, if memory serves, I called dibs on all things blue? Um, that may get argued by other people later, but, uh, currently yeah. you are the default for blues. <laughs> okay, um, I mean, it's, it's totally okay for, like, other people to join in. You know, it doesn't have to be a two-man show. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we will hopefully be avoiding any more one-man shows. Uh, turns out no one wants to talk about white commanders. Weird. No. <laughs> no. Like, it was very convenient to have schedule conflicts when Mono White came up. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. So, uh, hopefully that episode wasn't too painful. We'll be back next week with Mono Black Commanders, joined by uh, uh, a uh, new co-host. Yeah, don't. We, we, I want to make sure that he gets a proper introduction next week. Uh, yes. So, but as, uh, a he as a heads up, this is the person who taught me how to play Magic. So we'll be back next time for that. Hope you enjoyed, guys. Bye. Have a good night, everybody.